0: Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined with my two friends.
1: Uh, Tyler, big Herbie Herbock. <laughs> did
2: you forget his name? <laughs> no, I just didn't know if I was supposed myself. to say it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and then also, uh, Mr. Stinky Fingers himself.
2: How you doing?
0: His real name is Trey Jose. <laughs> um today we're recording a little podcast we want to talk about some of our favorite sleepers that you could potentially go target in trades uh but really the point is is these are guys that we think will well outperform their current adp or where they were drafted um so yeah we're going to go through that and i think we're going to start off with quarterbacks Tyler, you want to start off with your quarterback and give us a little rundown? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, So my quarterback that I think could really become – I think he could be the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year is Jameis Winston. All right, he just got the number number one QB job in New Orleans under the tutelage of Sean Payton, I believe. Cam, or Cam Newton, fuck, Jameis Winston is <laughs> going. to <ship> be sailed. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Jameis Winston's going to blow up. Also not to mention he had a year of tu- of tutoring from Drew Brees. And, I mean, Sean Payton's one of the best play callers in the entire NFL. He's going to make sure to put this offense and put Jameis Winston in the best position in the offense. So, not only am I predicting that he's going to be the quarterback in fantasy, I think he's going to lead the league in passing. That's I'm going over. Prediction. I have him going over over 5,200 yards, and 30, 38 touchdowns. And because of Sean Payton's you know, tutelage, and he's going to cut. the he's going to <laughs> cut down his interception by more than half. He's going to throw 14 or 15 picks.
2: Who's he throwing the ball to?
1: Doesn't matter. <laughs> Marcus I mean, Calloway. Did you? They have a great connection. Did you not? Um, Did you see that preseason game? I, not I, especially Alvin Kamara out of right. the backfield.
2: I guess you're right, because I can only name really Mike Evans as far as someone he was throwing to on the Buccaneers. Yeah. And he put yeah. up those numbers. That makes sense. I like that one a lot, I for mean, sure. I mean,
0: even Jameis in Tampa Bay was a valuable fantasy asset. So He just killed um, you with picks. If he could cut down the picks at all, yeah, it's obviously. Uh, and still a guy that you can get off the waiver wires. Like He's not even being drafted. So um, definitely someone you could just stash as your RB2 or RB quarterback two. <laughs> Uh, on your bench and see what happens they play the Packers week one kind of a difficult pass defense so you could maybe just hold and see what he does
1: yeah he was uh quarterback uh 27 for his ADP so I mean yeah. he's barely being drafted in most leagues
0: yeah uh Trey you got a quarterback
2: yeah I got a quarterback I definitely like Jameis Winston though he's getting disrespected I'm like I-, I feel like no one's like really high on him I really like that uh I, I like that take uh, my quarterback's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. You guys know I've been high on him for a while. I thought he was going to go to the Patriots and be MVP. That was one of our crazy takes during the off season. But yeah, so now he's on the Washington Football Team. He's got scary Terry, Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas looked pretty good. I kind of slept on him last year. I was looking at his stats; they looked pretty solid. Man, I just think it's a good team. It might be one of the best teams really that Fitzpatrick's had to work with. I would think as far as skill players around him, and he's not afraid to sling it. He's older. What has he got to lose, you know?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's definitely going to be an upgrade over everything they had last year, including Taylor Heineke, as well as he played in the playoffs. I mean, you're not on the same playing field.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, we saw what he did against the Raiders. I'll never forget it. <laughs> he will literally throw it no matter what. Like, you literally rip his helmet off, and he's still throwing the ball. So I think Fitzpatrick's going to be really good. He's not been drafted in any league that I'm a part of this year.
0: Yeah, he's he's not being drafted. He's uh doesn't care at all if he throws five picks or, or five touchdowns and uh, he's got some serious weapons now with scary Terry Curtis Samuel uh, a young guy in diami Brown that I think you should keep an eye on um Jimbo with and of stats. course Antonio Gibson uh but that's my uh that's my dude well we got a thing <laughs> going
2: right now guys who throw a lot of a lot of touchdowns but also a lot of interceptions I'm curious who James is gonna pick
0: Uh, my quarterback sleeper, and it's not super deep. Um, I'll give you another young guy after this guy, but, uh, Ryan Tannehill is going to be my sleeper pick. He's a guy that you could still draft obviously late in your drafts, uh, the back end double digit rounds. He was a top 10 quarterback in 2020. Uh, he threw 33 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Um, so he's, he's a high risk or, high reward, low risk, I think, in my opinion. And he's got, obviously, one of the best rushing games to back him. Defenses have to respect Derrick Henry and what he brings to each and every game. And he also, obviously, got Julio Jones added to uh, the outside. So now you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, uh, two freak athletes to throw the ball up to. um, And I think it's only going to help him. He's a guy that I believe has top You know, top three ceiling type potential, and you can get them at the back end of your drafts. Uh, So Ryan Tannehill is my guy, Um, but also I would like to throw Zach Wilson out there just because watching the tape, and this is just kind of my take: is it's Aaron Rodgers esque the way he moves in the pocket and the way he throws the ball. It it is Aaron Uh, Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Damn boy, I'm serious. Yeah. it's a heavy take, and there's a lot of attention on Trey Lance, and you know, obviously Justin Fields, and for good reason. I think they'll be good too, but Zach Wilson, I think, is being a little bit overlooked. And uh, Robert Sala is going to turn turn the Jets at least a little bit around. They got to be better than what they were the last uh, few years. With um, I can't remember his name. So uh, Adam Gase. Yeah, Adam Gase. Um, the The quarterback
1: or the coach where quarterbacks go to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, right?
0: <laughs> so honestly, just watching a little bit of film on him, I'm like, the way he moves and the way he kind of operates, it's that Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers kind of gunslinger, and and it's it looks pretty effortless. So, and he's starting week one, and you know, so you can stash him on your bench. And you might have to even draft him higher than, like, a Ryan Tannehill because these rookies are going pretty high now. But um, I think he's going to be good.
2: I'd like to reiterate that. I saw the same thing you saw. I wouldn't say Aaron Rodgers, though. No, I don't I'd think say, he's as I'd good as Aaron Rodgers. I'd say Brett Favre. I, I just, Decent mobility, and he has a laser Well, the same on. kind
0: of gunslinger type of movement and, and the way they're able to just kind of flick the ball out there effortlessly. He he yeah, has that on a string for sure. So it's gonna take some time, but you know, just the way he moved reminded me of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so I mean, I he's can obviously that. not to that level yet, but but I think with some time you get there. Uh, before
2: before we move on, is that your most promising rookie quarterback right now?
0: Uh, it would be between h- him and Trey Lance, but it, obviously Zach Wilson's starting Week One, so. As far as what you're going to get out of him this year, you know, it just depends on how long Trey Lance sits. But I think Trey Lance will eventually become the starter in San Francisco, and and when that happens, look my out.
1: my concern with Zach Wilson is we don't. I mean, he's dealing with someone who has zero experience as an offense coordinator, um, and uh, Matt LaFleur's younger brother. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah. Um, little Lafleur, where, yeah, yeah, little, little LaFleur. The Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas, you know, you have Trey Lance in San Francisco with, you know, arguably the best yeah. play caller in the NFL. Yeah. And Shanahan, plus better weapons. Right. And same thing with, like, Justin Fields in Chicago. i trust Matt Nagy, even though he's had his issues over any, anything that, you know, LeFleur is doing right now. Yeah.
0: And, well, and the, the thing for me, though, is, like, you know, especially these last few days of drafts, like, Trey Lance is going in, like, the 10th round now because there's just there's so much hype around him like some people are drafting him before they draft their starting quarterback so it's like um zach wilson is still a guy you could you could pick up with your probably your last pick and and be okay but
2: i like where we're going honestly just a really quick one i saw the 49ers play the raiders in the preseason obviously a preseason game but i'm watching every snap because i'm a raiders fan and they were doing the whole two quarterback thing swapping in uh trey lance and jimmy g and it was deadly. Yeah. Super efficient. Yeah. I mean, the Raiders were playing their twos and threes at the time, yeah, but they had no that. answer for yeah. it, especially mm-hmm. Trey Lance. But then you throw in Jimmy G, and then he rushes in for the touchdown. You just have everyone questioning everything when you're doing it. Yeah, But since they're going to be using both of them, definitely move on from Trey Lance to Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, my last concern, especially with Trey Lance, just for this season, even they do end up going to him at some point, he's only played one year of even high-level cultural ball, and that was at the FCS level for mm-hmm. North Dakota State. Where they are by far the most dominant team. They, they run over everybody. So yeah. he didn't have to play great competition. And he also took the last year off. Right. So it's been a long time since he's played football against, you know, speed he's never even come close to seeing in college, you know, playing in the NFL now. So mm-hmm. I think when they do finally go to him, even if he does swap in and out for like a series or two earlier in the year, it's their NFL teams are going to just bum rush him. Yeah.
0: And well, obviously, preseason is obviously easier than regular season as well. So. But he looked like he fit. And that's, the, I think, the biggest thing is like he looked like he belonged. Well, know. athletically,
1: for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's definitely one of the best athletes on the field. So you yeah. don't have to question that. But if, if he's going to be able to pick up
0: right. NFL defenses, is really what's going yeah, to come down to. Yeah. What's between the, what's in the mental, right? Great so. first name, too. Yeah. <laughs> <Great first> name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to our next position. Uh, where do you guys want to go? You want to go running back?
1: Yeah. Let's just go down the line. Okay.
2: Should uh, I start off running back with my go for it? With go my take it. that no yeah. one's gonna buy in on, probably. Yeah, you're, you're okay. definitely on an island on this one, bud. I I can't be the only one on this, man. <laughs> we have to remember the pass. I know the injury happened. Okay, either way, my sleeper running back is gonna be Marlon Mack. Obviously, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, technically uh, third on the depth chart right now. Obviously behind John- Jonathan Taylor. You got Naeem Hines back there, pass catching running back, but also a strong runner. People sleep on Naeem Hines, so why am I saying Marlon Mack is the third guy? Because you can get him, that's why. That's why. Because this is this is exactly why. Because you can get him. Okay, everyone is gonna have Jonathan Taylor, obviously, and Naheem Hines is a good chance he's already gone. But if Jonathan Taylor goes down, Naheem Hines is not taking all that load. Marlon Mack has been there; he knows the system. There's a reason they kept him on the team. A big reason is because of his contract, but he's still obvious. They're seeing something in him that they didn't want to cut him. He's coming off an Achilles, which is like one of the worst injuries a running back could have, but. I mean, come on, man. It's, you could literally just, if, especially if you're in a deep league with a lot of bench spots, you can just stash him. Why not, man? Just put him on your team. Jonathan Taylor goes down. Marlon Mack could do something. I might sound like an idiot, but I, and I'm really reaching, but if you're hurting for running backs in a deep league, pick up Marlon Mack.
1: I mean, I don't think that's a terrible take, as long as you have Jonathan Taylor as your RB1. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I have him as a cuff. Yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, you're just praying for luck at that point. I mean,
2: dude was solid. Like, basically, I'm only saying that because the offensive line is so strong that he's not going to have to get the yards himself.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, they have a very good offensive line, and well, at least when Quentin Nelson comes back, but you know, and he's going to be out for don't know how long. Uh, obviously, Carson Wentz came back much quicker, even though they had the same injury. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah,
0: you go, you go next.
1: All right, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm still looking something. <laughs> So uh, my running back sleeper, he's not a great sleeper because there's not a lot of great sleepers in the running back position. But I'm going to go with the rookie, Javante Williams, out of uh, of Denver. So, I mean, he's being hyped up for most of this offseason already uh, for good reason, though. I think he's far and away the better running back between Melvin Gordon. Um, He's definitely going to end up overtaking him, I think, relatively early in the year. Um, And he's a good he's a great threat out of the backfield too. He's not just a rusher. He's a, he's a pass catcher too. So I think you can certainly see a uh, combination of like 1300 yards between, between rushing and passing from him and receiving from him. And you could be pushing doubles digit to touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Javante Williams is a guy I've been drafting uh, when it's, you know, not doesn't cost me an arm and leg, but I think he eventually takes over the job and it's just a matter of when, Uh, He's clearly the better back already. So
1: I mean, he was being drafted as running back twenty-five. Yeah, and he could easily end up as a top twelve or fifteen back with, with without question.
0: Yeah, they might have to lean on him with not great quarterback play uh, in Denver. That makes me feel better about
2: our Dynasty League because Javante Williams is my RB1. I, <laughs> yeah, you better hope that accident. transition happens sooner than later. Don't be like me, folks. If you haven't yeah. drafted yet, don't do a no running back strategy without <laughs> an actual Dynasty strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't have a strategy. It was an accident.
0: Um, well, my guy's going to be, um, and this is because of some recent news, but my guy's going to be Miles Gaskin. And, uh, this is because he has been backed recently by their head coach, uh, saying that his pass blocking has improved tremendously and they are all in on him being a a three down back now in Miami. So he's definitely the lead guy. Uh, they said they're going to lean on him. Um, you know, you don't know how much you can actually trust coaches, but I think that they don't really have a choice, I think they like salvin ahmed um but but miles Gaskin is the dude, and he has pass catching ability. He's actually pretty good at it so um this is a guy you could literally pick up as your flex, and those are the type of um moves or roster strategies that can win you your league when you can have two guys like um you know two solid uh r b one and an r b two and then pick up Miles Gaskin to put in your flex. I mean that's um that's pretty pretty good stuff. But I would also like him as just an R B two. So um I think he has tremendous upside. He doesn't cost you a ton and um and I think Miami's all in on him. Um, you know, and two is gonna have to have someone that he can dump dump balls off to. So I like Miles Gaskin as a, a running back sleeper this year.
1: I mean, showing me what he did last year. I mean, before he got hurt, he was trending as a low end RB1, high end RB2. Yeah. Um, I think he's very easily falling into that exact same boat this year, as long as he's fully recovered. And if he's already improved his pass protection, they're going to want to keep him in the game.
0: Yeah, that's what uh, Flores said his biggest improvement was in his pass blocking. So, and that was his biggest uh, issue last year. And, and they weren't able to put him in on all passing situations because he couldn't pass block. So, Another guy I would um I want to throw in
1: I think trying to take. Oh, go for it.
2: Oh, I was just going to say really quick. I I'm glad I ended up right about that. All off season I was just like why is everyone pretending Miles Gaskins not the number 1?
0: Well, and that's kind of cuz there's guy. definitely was some hesitation like all off season cuz yeah. it was like they were testing out other guys and um there was those pass blocking issues last year and it was like what, you know, where are they going to go and uh recently it's been stated that he's the number one guy and they're going to lean on him so and they want him to be a a three down back they don't want to have to do a committee so
2: if you want justification for Miles Gaskin having a good season look at Latavius Murray on the Raiders 2016 very I guess an above average running back I'd say he's very average but he put up very good numbers that season and a good offense just because he's the primary ball carrier that year Miles Gaston could have another season like that, twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns, yep. put up like three, four hundred receiving. Yeah. Real the receiving
0: solid. work is what makes what pushes him over the top is the fact he's able to do that, he's good at it. Um and they're gonna utilize mm-hmm. him for that. Another guy I would keep an eye on, and I hesitate to to uh uh tout any running backs on this team just because we know what's happened in recent history with the committees, but Damian Harris in New England. Um, I knew it was coming. I, I was know. just I knew honestly, it. <laughs> I was before the Cam Newton news happened. I was drafting Damian Harris pretty late, with the hopes that Mac Jones would would win the job or at least take it over early in the season. Because if that if 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 they really just feature one back, Damian Harris, who I think's earned it and is good enough to do that, um, he could be he could be a league winner. You know, if they give him the goal line touches. That was his, the biggest thing last year is Cam Newton was running in all all the touchdowns in the goal line. So um Damian Harris is definitely a guy that you might even want to try to trade for prior to the season beginning because if it if he comes out and they're week one, they're handing the ball off goal line and he's getting all those touches, I mean uh, you know, that's RB one upside and a guy that you can draft what, seventh round, sixth round, you know. So Probably, yeah. Um Anyways, that was another name I just wanted to throw out. That's your
2: real sleeper,
1: is him. I mean, but at the same time, they clearly feel good enough about Damian Harris to trade away Sony Michelle. Yeah, exactly. so I mean, that, I mean, oh, and surprised. I think part of
0: that is Stevenson coming in, but now yeah. Stevenson is having some injury issues, um, and I think you know, Bill Belichick is the type of coach who like he wants to make his running backs earn their work. Like James White had to earn it. You know, Damian Harris is having to earn it, and I think has earned it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out this year. Um, my gut is telling me, hey, maybe they'll actually feature Damian Harris because he is that good. You
1: know? Yeah, I mean, Bill Belichick is – he's he psycho is. when it comes to his, run, to his running back. So, like, you see see, guy – even if it's, like – go way back to the day back when they had, like – what was his name? Corey Davis? Corey Dillon? Corey Dillon. I was going to
2: say probably the last guy to be a, a, feature, a feature, feature running back. Cap. But even yeah. that,
1: back then, I remember Corey Dillon, he fumbled it. Like, the first quarter, he'd be sat the rest of the game. Yeah, you're out. Bill Belichick yeah. does not play that game at all. Uh, remember I remember
2: the dude that got 300 yards for him, and then he like uh, missed practice or film the next day, yeah. and like they never played him again.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's he's Bill Belichick is a Nazi about that.
0: No, yeah, he is. But Damian Harris hasn't. What has he done to disappoint them? Right. You know, well, nothing. He's done roo- everything they asked him.
1: He, as a rookie, he's probably pass blocking. So if he sees yeah. it, he'll miss, a, he'll whiff on a pass block, and like you're you're sat for three series. Right. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: but I uh, yeah. think I think it's worth stashing him. Because he is a guy that could have RB one upside if he gets that type of work, and I think with Mac Jones now being the quarterback, it's definitely potential. But it is New England; it is Bill Belichick. Yeah. I just don't think he's had a running back that's been good enough to feature by themselves yet.
1: That's true. They've had very kind of specialty level guys
0: yeah. for the last however
1: many know, years. James White was your pass catcher. And then they had Sony as kind of their in between guys. Yeah, they've they haven't had that the you know three down back. In a long, very long time.
2: It'll be interesting if it's him. I'm curious. I hope. I hope that you're right. It'd be nice for that their backfield. He's on all my.
1: He's on all my rosters. I need him to break out. uh, Well, I had him all on all of my
0: rosters last year because I saw the talent. and I was like, dude, just give this guy the ball. But Cam Newton, of course, you know. So, but now Cam's gone. So, let's go. Now we go. (laughs) Let's go. Um, Receivers. Yeah. All
2: righty. When we start off you I'll start off with the receivers here. Um, all right. So my uh, my easy one, my easy sleeper, I would say. I think I feel like it's obvious. I mean, I'd, I I've uh, been on this guy for about a, a couple months now, just doing mock drafts and whatnot. Tyrell Williams. Um, if you listen to this podcast, you'll soon learn that I am a Raiders homer, but that really doesn't have that much to do with Tyrell Williams because he did not do uh, anything for the Raiders really. <laughs> But um, there's not really many things that are certain for the Lions' offense. You know, no one really knows who's gonna be their RB one. Uh, Jared Goff seems to be injured coming. You know, like it, it, you know his injury history. But the one thing that's for sure in their offense is T.J. Hawkinson and Tyro Williams. I can't. I don't know anything about the other receivers. I'll be honest. Yeah. They're young. I, I haven't seen them do too much yet. Tyro Williams is a solid, tall receiver. He's built to be a wide receiver one. He's been a wide receiver one. I think the Lions are gonna be losing a lot of games. I mean. It, He's just going to get a bunch of garbage time points. Tyrell Williams is—he's rostered like forty-five percent of leagues. Last time I looked, forty-five percent. I've been drafting him in every league that I can draft him. That's how much faith I have in him. And I'm just going to—I'm just going to hold on to him and see what happens.
0: I think a lot of the hesitation comes from uh, the Lions historically being uh, poop. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking wide receiver, and now term. they also have Jared Goff slinging the rock, not Matthew Stafford. So, I—I'm worried about Detroit Lions. <laughs> At every level, Jared Goff, including two
2: top twenty-five receivers for the last like four years. Yeah,
0: yeah, he has. But he also had the number one defense in the league, and Sean McVay calling plays. (laughs) Yeah, and better receivers. That's
2: with a good defense, so he's not getting garbage time points. I'm telling you, he gets his receivers points.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, I don't hate that take. They'll be valuable for sure. But I, Detroit, just scares me.
1: I mean, so I don't hate that take, but I think you have the wrong Lions receiver. Oh. I think it's I think it's Almon Ross, Saint Brown. That's gonna be the number one receiver for this team. The rookie.
2: Okay, see, there we go. <laughs> that's, he, just, he's built, that's just that's my own. He said that to be the slot, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, he's he's a stud. Um, that whole actually the whole frame that he's the third Saint Brown receiver to make it to the NFL. Yeah, so I watched him play for that. On the Packers. <laughs> yeah, I water think.
2: trash. But. another Yeah, yeah i mean there's so many
0: guys on this detroit team that you could call sleep. like jamal williams is another guy that should be he might even start week 1 like he's well yeah
1: it sounds like swift is Swift's a hurt, hurt. is going to be out
0: but you know jamal williams is a guy that can catch the ball he can run the ball well and they've already talked about how involved they want him to be it's not just going to be the swift show it's going to be jamal jamal williams is going to play every single game so um He's definitely still Quit stealing guy.
2: attention away from Tyro Williams. <laughs> I know. Tyro Williams. Ja- been, Jamal Williams, you know, honestly, he could if, if easily Swift, something yards.
0: happens to Swift, he keeps dealing with injuries. I mean, Jamal Williams is easily vaulted into their running back one slot, and he's going to get that type of work. So that's yeah, but guy. we're talking about Tyrell
2: Williams. <laughs> I'm telling you, guaranteed 1,000 yards.
1: He's Touchdowns
2: is what's really going to impact his fantasy yeah. uh, output for you. Just pick him up, man. Everyone that's listening should at least have one or two spots in their bench of people that they really don't care about, and you can pick him up just for any other flyer just to hope that they're going to be good. Tyrell Williams is one of them, man. Just keep him for a couple weeks, see what happens. Look at his target share. Look at his snap percentage. He's going to get a lot. He's going to probably play 90-plus percent of snaps on their team.
0: They're definitely going to lean on him. They're not going to lean on a rookie slot receiver for, you know, to be right. their guy so. okay
2: obviously you guys don't like Tyrell Williams here's my other wide receiver so, okay <laughs> let's try this again alright here we go, here we go. <laughs> take two alright my other one's Brian Edwards yeah. projected to be wide receiver two on he Las Vegas Raiders he is the wide receiver he is
0: yeah they've made it official
2: you're talking to a Raiders fan, trust me I know okay but you never know honestly in the offseason Zay Jones has been looking good but I'm not going to talk about him Brian Edwards, Brian Edwards is projected to be the wide receiver, too. Obviously, you got Henry Ruggs taking off the top of the offense. Brian Edwards, no one really knows anything about him unless he have really been paying attention. He's drafted in the third round a couple years ago. Last year, he uh, basically was hobbled all season, only played about half of the season, did not get that many targets. Nelson Aguilar was out there. Darren Waller's out there. The Raiders are trying to figure things out. He's still young. He finally has a full offseason together. The coaches have completely bought in on him. I don't know... if. You've even heard about his Terrell Owens comparisons or anything like that. Obviously, coaches are going to talk people up. But Brian Edwards is built to be that guy. Henry Ruggs is not going to be like the 90 catches, 1,200-yard receiver for the Raiders. If anyone on that roster is going to be like that 90 catch, 1,200, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns, it's Brian Edwards. End zone target, mm-hmm. Darren Waller, Brian Edwards. They're going to be doubling Brian Wall- or, uh, Darren Waller. Yeah. Brian Edwards is gonna be getting open all day on those
0: fades. I like I like that take so much more than Tyrell Williams. It's not even funny. <laughs> I think Brian Edwards is is needs to be targeted, and it's been we've been talking about him for the last couple of years, yeah. and it's and we've kind of just been waiting and waiting, and now I think it's he's finally arrived, especially in dynasty leagues. Like this is a dude you want to take because Derek Carr is a above average quarterback. You yeah. Know. Derek missed.
1: Carr's actually hated on him as a quarterback. And he's, he's so actually hated much on better just because he, it's fun to hate on. Portray him.
0: him. Yeah, I mean, it's just fun to hate on him. So that's why Don't people give do. Don't get me it. started, boys. But, <laughs> but honestly, oh, Derek Carr's is a good quarterback. Brian Edwards is a, a extremely talented receiver, and I think he's going to blow up this year. So
2: the only reason he fell in the draft is because he was injured in his senior year. Yeah, the story of a million guys playing college. Right. But he's essentially had two full years to just figure things out mm-hmm. and he has the whole world ahead of him if he think can just stay healthy.
0: How many years did it take Devontae Adams to figure it out? Two years. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it takes some time sometimes, you know. So, former
2: receiver of Derek
0: Carr. Yeah. Sometimes right. it takes some time, dude. <laughs> Good tie together. There it is. And I think um, Brian Edwards could definitely blow up. But
1: I mean it's that's very true. Um and when you look think about rookies coming into the league, the only one only position that consistently produces like top rookies is running back running backs seem to come in and be able to blow up the league because running lanes and like running concepts are all the same regardless of level you're playing at so it's just it's one cut and go whereas as receivers or you know defensive backs things like that you're having to learn so much more it's not just read and react like like a running back can do that that
2: brings up a good point because i was was looking up uh the best rookie receiving seasons fantasy wise i looked them up for receivers and tight ends because i was curious about kyle Pitts. i'm not going to go down that yeah I mean, we're talking like the best tight end season ever was uh, Mike Ditka in 67. Okay. (laughs) There's been a lot of high end uh, tight or high round uh, tight end draft picks. Uh, Mercedes Lewis, well, he ended up on the Packers, but yeah, Yeah. you know, guys like that that just end up working out. But even for receivers, I mean, the, like, the best rookie seasons, Justin Jefferson basically had it. Yeah, and before and, that, that, was, like, Randy Moss. And, and that's it Randy like, Moss. Yeah. And when we're talking River. literally, like, generational players, mm-hmm. yeah. once every 20 years, a guy like this pops up. If you're banking on a receiver being, like, your wide receiver one, you're doing it wrong, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely flyers is, is a good way to go. But if you want another uh, Justin Jefferson to happen this year, there's a really low chance it's not going to happen. Extremely
1: yeah. low. Yeah. That's about? why, like, people that – sorry, like – kind of a tangent on the, people that are drafting jamar chase like the fifth round you're oh, you're gosh. absolutely insane
2: he's got the butterfingers don't then, do it you hear him
0: hesitating and catch balls across the middle and you're like uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> no uh-oh. that's why i've been
2: getting t higgins and tyler Boyd. yeah i like got yeah. those guys you, i think
1: tyler sure. boyd has been my been my guy for since now for like four seasons
2: mm-hmm. yeah okay well anyways let's, let's, let's bring it back in here. yeah <laughs> right. so that's uh, got, got tyro Williams or brian edwards big Irby. who you got
1: so I'm going actually back to New England. I'm um, going with Jacoby oh. Myers.
2: <laughs> All right, Patriots making an appearance today. Yeah,
1: yeah, they are, which is crazy. So, and I have very good reasons for this. So, he's by far the number one receiver on this league. That's or on this team. It's not even disputed. You yeah. have don't don't give me Nelson Aguilar. Like you're talking Aguilar's there, but talent wise, yeah, Jacoby Myers. Is sorry. Okay, so last I'm year in only long. 14 games.
0: He's just upset because Nelson had a <laughs> decent year with the Raiders <laughs> last year,
2: eighteen yards a catch.
1: Yeah, okay, that's cool. Like we're, we're talking Brian about
0: Mac Edwin's Jones. Money Mac now. Jones
1: throws the ball about fifteen yards and that's it. So, <laughs> uh,
2: okay, oh yeah, maybe right. that's what I said by Derek Hart, too.
1: Yeah, all right. So <laughs> last year, Jacoby Myers caught seven hundred thirty yards in only fourteen games from Cam Newton, and the New England Patriots offense ranked as the 29th best pass offense in the league. That's gonna be improved under Mac Jones just regardless. He's the better passer, plus you know, Cam couldn't throw the ball more than like five yards last year. He's going to be the number one guy on this. The yeah. only downside to what his production was last year, he didn't score any touchdowns. That's gonna to change this year. I think you can lock in Jacoby Myers for eleven hundred yards and seven or eight touchdowns. Lock it in right now.
0: Yeah, I like I like Jacoby Myers. People are taking him much higher now that Mac Jones is officially the quarterback. So you do have to pay up a little bit, but...
1: A little bit, but even then, like, his, still, his ADP is still receiver
0: 54. Yeah, you could get wide receiver one project, production out of him, and if you can get that at, that late in the draft, then that's a steal. Yeah. Nah. And, nah. 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 No <laughs> snagglars on the team. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I like to disagree, but you, you did convince me, honestly. Those, those, those good points with those stats, No, and he's honestly. had a good preseason, too, so... It's, yeah, but, definitely uh, promising. I, mean,
1: I I think the only, like... Nelson Aguilar doesn't scare me. Jonu Smith scares me a little bit because I really like Jonu Smith, but I don't know how well they're going to be implement him um, now yeah. that uh, Henry is also already hurt a
0: little bit. Right. Yeah. The Patriots offense is going to be a mystery to figure out the first couple of weeks. Like
1: every other goddamn season. Is that going to transition <laughs>
2: me Bill, into baby. my tight end sleeper pick?
0: Well, no, because I still got a new receiver. Oh, yeah. Let so. me wait. <laughs> uh, this is a guy I was high on his rookie year. Uh, hasta la visca baby La vísca <laughs> Chanel I think is going to have a breakout year Um, and this might sound kind of basic but the dude is just a football player like you watch him play football he's just he's a football player dude and I think he's going to have a huge year especially since ETN went down La vísca does a lot of the things that ETN does well they both kind of do the same thing Laviska can be more of a downfield threat as well, but as far as catching the ball and running and making a play, LaVisca can do that. and um, So they're going to lean on him heavily now that ETN's out especially, um, but this was a guy I was drafting prior to ETN even going down. I think he could finish as the biggest producer out of the wide receivers for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's so that's above DJ Shark and Marvin Jones. I know those guys are there. I'm drafting LaVisca above both of those guys. Well, and I, I and I think he finishes above both of them.
2: I just want to add, I I've heard inklings that uh Urban Meyer doesn't really like DJ Shark for whatever reason. He doesn't
0: You know, he, they, he doesn't you know like who they love. You know why? Because he's a football player, dude. He is, and and, man. and he's going to get the work they're going to give him the work until it doesn't work i promise you that yeah
1: i mean they line him up all over the damn field all over he I mean, can go
0: anywhere he can be in the backfield he can be out wide he mm-hmm. can be in the slot you can throw him screens you can throw him the ball down the field and you know damn well he's going to play his ass off like he's just that type of guy he's tough to bring down for a smaller receiver and he gets in the end zone man he just i think he's going to have a huge year and i think after this year, you won't be able to draft LaVisca Chanel in the eighth, ninth, 10th round. Like it just won't be possible. So um, that's my sleeper. Another couple guys that I wanted to touch on that could, you could potentially still get um, Terrace Marshall, uh, one guy for the Carolina Panthers Uh, on the platform we use. He's only rostered in 44% of leagues right now, which is kind of crazy to me. A six foot three, 200 pounds, He's been their deep threat guy all preseason long, and he's looked really, really good. I mean, this guy might take over a lot of Robbie Anderson's looks and and targets. So um, this is a guy that I would trade for or try to acquire in your drafts if you're still drafting. Another guy is Darnell Mooney. As soon as Justin Fields takes over, this guy's, and he he might even do well with uh, the Red Rocket, but – I rifle. think you know uh, the red, red uh, rifle, red, red rifle. rocket, red rocket, red, red rocket, rocket, red, rocket. rocket <laughs> red rocket, whatever the fuck they call him. But uh, Darnell Mooney is is an elite route runner. Um, he he gets open. Just needs someone to get him the damn ball. And so I think hopefully this year he'll be able to get some some passes within his vicinity. And uh, he's a guy you can get late, late late in drafts. So Darnell Mooney is my other guy. Yeah, I can't but, help it. I mean I got so many. Sleeper receivers, I could just keep going. Probably. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking like those middle-round guys, though. Um Yeah. Uh It seems like Shark is definitely – or not Shark. Uh, LaVisca is definitely being drafted higher than him at this point in time. Yeah,
0: it's probably gotten to that point now. But just because ETN went down. But I still see people draft Marvin Jones and, mm-hmm. and Shark above LaVisca, especially Marvin Jones. So I don't get that at all. I mean, just watching the tape, LaVisca is – the dude to me
1: i mean it definitely seemed like they brought in marvin jones to try to be the receiver one but yeah i think at this point he might be end up being receiver three yeah for them
0: i think they wanted a more you know the prototype outside receiver right as far as physical traits go but lavisca is their playmaker man so uh, i'm all uh, in yeah, on he's lavisca up- wow <laughs> yeah
2: and actually on our app he is projected to be wide receiver three for the Jaguars, like, Marvin Jones. Is, Marvin Jones. Yeah, yeah. They, they have uh, LaVisca as two. But like I said, LaVisca, is, yeah, he's not the two. He's definitely no. the one. He's, he's the favorite receiver. He's a playmaker. He's, he's their
0: playmaker. And, you know, like I said, they're, they're playing on using ETN in the same type of fashion. And ETN's out. LaVisca's getting all of his targets, all of his plays. Yeah. That were drew up for ETN. They're now being drawn up for LaVisca. So,
2: if you're familiar with Debo Samuel, LaVisca is very yeah. same, or Brandon usage Ayuk, is very similar. Type
0: of mm.
1: And LaVisca might even be better than Debo because he's he's a little bigger than Debo. And is. He can
0: stay healthy. Yeah, there's that too.
2: No, he looks good. I saw him in the preseason catching passes from Trevor Lawrence, and I was like, man. They, and he's got they a got quarterback a now. Yeah, they look good for the sure. The
0: most hyped quarterback since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, like, and he's proven to be. Pretty good.
2: So. <laughs> what was that look uh, for? It? God, I don't know. I don't know what to think about him. We'll, we'll see what we'll see what happens with him. Not sunshine. not, not, not sold on sunshine, huh? I'm <laughs> curious. I'm a fan of a team that drafted a quarterback real high once. Terrell Pryor. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! And Jamarcus Russell. I meant Russell, to say. Yeah, well. Oh, actually, I actually tr-
1: like Terrell Pryor. Well, you didn't draft Terrell Pryor high because he yeah went into the uh, the was the consolation draft. What the hell draft do they call that? Oh yeah, I know what you're talking Consum- about the consent consumption draft.
2: The consensual draft. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what that is.
0: Uh, moving right. on to tight ends. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I like those though.
0: Uh, Tyler, why don't you start yourself a tight end?
1: All right. So I mean, picking a sleeper tight end is tough because it's after the f- top, you know, three or maybe four guys. On how you look at it, you're just you're you're grasping, right? Yeah. And so. There's always seems to be one tight end that kind of pops up out of nowhere and generally has nothing to do with how much they're producing in terms of yardage, all about touchdowns.
0: Right. So,
1: for example, last, last year was Robert Tunyon.
0: Tunyon, thank you.
1: And uh, who, if you look, he had less than 600 yards receiving. <laughs>
0: have, some, have some respect. <laughs> less Love than 600
1: yards receiving, right? But he had 11 touchdowns, and that's why he ended up as a top five tight end. So I'm not looking for anybody who's going to produce a ton of yards. I'm looking for somebody who's going to put up touchdowns. So, my tight end is Gerald Everett for the Seahawks. Gerald Everett is the most talented, and or maybe not talented, but most by far the most athletic tight end Russell Wilson has thrown to since Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham played three seasons for the Seahawks. First year, he tore the teller tendon. Yeah, sucks to suck. The last two seasons, <laughs> though, he was a red zone monster combined for 16 touchdowns in two, in two years. Gerald Everett picks up on in this offense, which he's already played in with the new offense coordinator coming from the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams. Gerald Everett, I think you can easily see put up seven to ten touchdowns this year and be that sleeper that, you know, you can plug in every week.
0: Yeah, I, I Gerald Everett has all the physical traits that you want to see in a in a dominant tight end like that. So I I like that pick. I think he's definitely has the potential.
2: I just want to add real quick if uh Jimmy Graham is going to get all those targets in the end zone. Obviously, running out of mostly like goal line formations. Someone who does not run yeah. block, right? Someone who actually can run block is definitely going to be there. Yeah. AKA Gerald Everett. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, that does it for your tight end, huh?
1: Oh yeah, I only got one. Okay. Oh
0: right.
1: yeah, I my can. my guy was actually going to be Smith Jr., but then he went on the IR and that went out the window. So. Oh, dude, that
2: was mine earlier <laughs> in the preseason too. Man, he was looking good. Okay, well really here is mine.
0: I think it it is um it's tough to call who it might be right now uh, just because of injuries and stuff but I think you should target New Orleans' tight end. And and here's the name, Adam <laughs> Troutman, right? Drafted to actually be a physical receiving uh tight end. I think he was drafted in the 3rd round, so they're actually expecting some some playmaking but ability, but he is hurt, out of this. Right but he's he's be, hurt right now. He's hurt right now. He's going to miss
1: some. How many weeks? It's quite a few. I believe it's
0: quite a few. I think it's like three to six. But um, here's the other name you need to be looking at while Adam Troutman out. Adam Troutman is out. Uh, Juwan Johnson. a
2: Man. Juana Man. Six
0: foot four, two hundred thirty-one pounds. Juwan Johnson, and on the sleeper app. Um, that we use he's listed as a wide receiver and tight end right now so you can slot this guy in as a wide receiver or a tight end and I think he's
1: the only guy in the league he can do that with it, right
0: now which is it, that does have some value so he's only rostered in 53% of leagues this guy has all the physical capable like all the physical traits you want to see and is a freak athlete and was was brought in to be some form of pass catching role, so now that Troutman is out, um, this guy has all the all the the opportunity to really take over the job or at least carve out a significant role. But also, you know, you got to wait for Troutman to come back. Um, he's gonna get some looks when he comes back. But if you have both of them on your team, you could have a solid solid option at tight end. And the reason I say this is because James Winston, Winston back when he played for Tampa Bay, um, James Winston, since he had entered the league, had the fifth best passer rating when targeting tight ends. So, but was ranked uh, third worst when targeting all other positions. So he was really good at targeting his tight ends. Um, you know, this is a, an old list, but, Cameron Brate was his third most targeted receiver uh, in his time in Tampa Bay. So, um,
2: I'm fucking loving these stats. So
0: he he, he heavily <laughs> he heavily targets the tight end, or li- at least likes passing to big body receivers. Um, so and I think Juan Johnson is a guy that has the physical traits. So does Adam Troutman. And so we'll see who ends up winning the job, but um, either one of those guys could really end up producing for you in New Orleans who they are right now. It's like, who's the receivers, right? Marquez Callaway. Um, you know, Michael Thomas is supposed to come back, but it's been pretty weird on that front with his cryptic tweets and, and all that going on. So who knows what's going to happen there? I mean, he may or may not come back. So, um, they're looking for some new threats and I think Juan Johnson could be the guy from the jump. And then Adam Troutman is another guy that, obviously could take over the number one job uh, when he comes back. So uh, with all that said, as of Wednesday, which is today, Adam
1: Troutman is not listed on the Saints injury report and is slated to start week one. Is he? Yep.
2: Shit. That makes me feel better about trying to pick up Jawan in our Dynasty League and realizing James already has him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, okay, so Troutman, they're going to give Troutman the – the opportunity because they need to figure out if, if he's the dude or not so I still think Troutman is a is a sleeper big time in New Orleans so um you know and and you, look you're just you're taking a shot on any of these tight ends so um you know it's it's flip of a coin <laughs> at this point you know you, outside of Kittle, Kelsey, and and uh, Waller it's it's who knows so um these are guys that have the path to at least become relevant. Yeah,
2: I like that a lot. I was I was honestly looking to pick him up in our dynasty league, and, <laughs> and I realized he's already. I wouldn't on talk your team. about him unless I already have him. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about guys I wish I would have gotten. Honestly. Okay, well, I guess I'll tell you mine here, and we'll just round out the Patriots' offense. I guess.
0: Oh geez.
2: My sleeper tight end is going to be Yanni Smith. Someone I've been high on for a couple of years. Last year before the season started, I was already really big on him being on the Titans, uh, mostly because of like his really high catch percentage for um, actual catchable balls. His, um, his catch percentage versus his target rate is not the real number you want to look at. You want to look at what is actually able to be caught, and he's catching a very high percentage of them. He's in the top five in the league, um, at least before last year. I didn't look at the stats for this year and he's up there with hunter henry obviously so everyone's uh, scared about what's going to happen there hunter henry has only played a full season like twice very injury prone already already battling injuries from training camp in the preseason yanni smith still doing just fine mm. we already know the new england patriots history with tight ends yanni smith is someone that i've loved someone who uh was a top 10 tight end through the first 10 weeks last year Ba- ba- uh, mainly based off of tut- uh, touchdown production, as Irby pointed out there. But, I mean, that, that's really what you want. You are not you don't want yards from your tight ends, like he was saying. The, the top three are going to put up those 100-yard games. Nobody else is really going to do that on a consistent basis. You want, like, you want 40 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Like, you get that guy every week, and you know who's going to be that guy? Yannu Smith. Yeah. Especially with Cam Newton being gone in the end zone, yeah. like we brought up before in the podcast. He's He's a red zone threat. He's a red zone threat for sure, especially if Hunter Henry's not there. But we know they love their double tight end sets. But even then, I think Yanu's a better uh, target for him. And if you can get a hold of him, definitely get him. Hunter Henry's being drafted before Yanu in every draft I've been a part of. ADPs that I've seen, mock drafts. You can definitely get Yanu if you want. It might even be able to pick him up off the waiver wire.
1: Hunter Henry's never played 16 games in a season.
0: he's... He will not he's play played, a full
1: season. He's played 15, 14, 12, and 14, so he's always going to miss games. Um, now, granted, that makes it look like he's not missing as many games as, like, I think perception is for him, Yeah, um, but he's constantly missing games, or if the games he is playing, he's hobbled.
2: See, that brings up a great point. That If you're a guy like me, I'm not really looking for, like, the boom or bust guys. I don't want the guys that are going to come out of nowhere and score like 35. I want guys who are going to consistently get me at least 10 points a week. If you're yeah. starting 12 guys, you get at least 10 from everyone. That's a 120-point game every week. Not everyone's a fucking superstar. Sorry, a freaking superstar. But come on. Like, uh, you, yeah. you get 10 points just from everyone. And 10 points is very pedestrian. Hey, but we're not get... priests.
1: We cuss her. no, <laughs> here. <you laughs> yeah. None
2: of us are. I thought I saw my son in the corner, you know.
0: But I had I had Hunter Henry last year because I punted on tight end. And it was frustrating, to say the least. I mean, anyone who didn't have the top three was frustrated. But um,
2: So there's a frustrated Henry owner and a glad Yanu yeah. owner.
0: Yeah. He was just obviously hurt or hobbled and there were times where, you know, I'd be watching the game, watching their game and um Chargers game and he wouldn't even he'd be on the field but he wasn't getting targeted. It's like, okay, this guy's clearly hurt and is just a decoy at this point, you know, so um even if he is playing, you don't even know if he's at a hundred percent. So Johnny, who I feel more comfortable
2: with. Yeah, you sure. want consistency, man. Hunter Henry's not consistent. You can have him maybe take flyers every couple weeks, but that's not the way I want to play fantasy football. I want mm-hmm. someone who's going to be consistent. And I feel like Yanni Smith, especially if Hunter continues to be hobbled like that, is going to be consistent. He's being slept on by everybody.
0: Hopefully some of these guys produced. I mean, obviously the main strategy this year, the, the most popular was pick one of the top three in one of the – first two rounds you know so that was first two maybe third round but uh that was the main thing i saw this year i think the biggest takeaway it was used to just be kind of like kelsey up there and that was pretty much it you could get Waller in like the sixth round fifth round (laughs) until last year but now it's yeah it's take one of the top three with your first two picks and figure out the rest so which i think is a viable strategy because if it continues this way those guys are extremely valuable so but uh i think that's it right that's all of them
1: yeah, that's all, the yeah that's
2: all of them if anyone's interested uh my sleeper defense no one really cares about that kind of stuff but if you're really really begging for a flyer on one of these weeks to pick up off the waiver wire if the raiders have an advantageous uh opponent definitely pick them up nobody else is going to be picking them up the revamp defense new defensive coordinator we'll see what happens in the first couple of weeks But uh, if you can get them playing against, like, say, the Broncos, do it. (laughs) And he's not a homer, we just (laughs) promise.
0: Well, that'll do it for the Fantasy Football Fathers. Um, Catch us soon. We'll have some waiver wire episodes, some lineup episodes, and help you all throughout the season. Take her easy.